Welcome to episode 72 of the Pirate Monk Podcast. We are live high atop the Mellow Mushroom in downtown Franklin, Tennessee. Don't lie, you are not. Nate Larkin, your host here (laughs) with engineer Mondo Grimes and over in the perfectly perfect left coast, the Commodore Aaron Porter. How are you doing, Aaron? (laughs) <laughs> well, um, I'm feeling kind of breezy this morning. Mm. I, don't, I don't talk like that. That's the worst. Well, I don't talk me. like that. Well, I was making you sound better than usual. You're making me sound like I don't know. I don't Man. know. I just went all Californian on you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let that just lie. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to let that lie. So how's it going over there in Tennessee? I've been checking your weather. I've got your weather on my phone. Oh, do you really? I check it so I know if Scott Dente's lying to me okay. when he complains. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got our weather on my weather, and it is fabulous today. Crystal clear blue sky, high of 79 degrees. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the leaves are turning. It's a wonderful day to be alive. Uh, and I just got back from a weekend camping trip. Again, perfect weather. Went on a canoe trip out on Cordell Hull Lake with my youngest son and a friend of his and the friend's dad. So it was two old guys, two young guys. Oh, cool. And uh, the boys are big into backcountry camping and gourmet cooking. And they mm-hmm. had scripted this whole trip. It was fantastic. So what was some of this uh, backpacking gourmet? I'm curious. Yeah. Oh, man. my interest. Oh, man. Check this. Grilled Lambergers with with onion straws deep fried in lard Hmm. uh, and hand-pulled English ale for lunch. Wow. Oh, man. And for breakfast yesterday, we actually had Eggs Benedict done on the campfire. Wow! So yeah. j- just just like the natives did it on their <laughs> canoe trips, <laughs> it was wonderful. And the guy was fascinating. The other dad is a well, both he and his son are chemists. Okay. And the dad is a uh, you know PhD from MIT, did his undergrad at Princeton, and uh, so the two of them had conversations that I just couldn't follow. But they also could could engage in real life conversation. We had a great time. I took a little ribbing for my 18-inch high air mattress, but uh, mm. but I slept well. It was wonderful. This is like the worst backwoods backpacking camping story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I actually I I think there are some moral times where it's okay to lie. This is one of those times. <laughs> should, we, should we restart this segment? Mondo, restart. Welcome to episode 72 of the Pirate Monk Podcast, where Nate will lie about being tough and manly. <laughs> yes, we hunted. I shot an elk, uh, which we and grilled for dinner. No. <laughs> It was a great thing, and it was a good, you know, just we got another taste of, uh, you know, male friendship. Yeah. Great father-son time, great time just hanging with with, with, uh, with other guys, and we agreed we're going to make it an annual thing. That's cool. Every fall, make that trip. How about you, Mondo? What's cooking? 
Man, I'm in children land right now. <laughs> uh, starting yesterday all the way through this coming Saturday, we have uh, anywhere between six to ten kids coming in to sing on this worship record we're doing for the benefit. I told you about the mm-hmm. uh, Her yeah. 100% Project. And uh, so we're trying to get all this done before Relief of Cambodia in about 10, 11 days. So, and so when we get over there, the girls over there are going to be singing as well. So we have to get all this done before we leave. Wow. So, so it's been pretty intense. So last week was all tracking, trying to get all the music. So I'm yeah. in here slaving, yeah. trying to get something for the kids to sing too. Right. And then uh, the, uh, this week. So just pray for my patience. Yeah. Because we have homework stations everywhere. We're calling. <laughs> we got Cheetos on the floor, popcorn, the vacuum is on overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it gets pretty wild in here. We actually have some parents flying from Seattle. Uh-huh. We've got some, uh, you know, pastors and uh, youth pastors, and there's some of their kids from our church, city church in Seattle, uh-huh. uh, some churches out in California, even uh, that have flown in to hang the whole week, yeah, to to be a part of it. So it's been pretty cool, man. So wow. Then you're going to schlep uh, equipment all the way to Cambodia to yeah. record over there. Yeah, we're actually getting the last few pieces this week, and uh, it's, it's, we're not taking a whole lot. Uh-huh. We're taking a nice tight mobile set, uh-huh. you know. Uh, about three, four microphones, just in case one or two break. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, extra cables, uh, two operate, operational computers. Yeah. A couple different, you know, hard drives, things like that. That way, in case, always have that backup. Right, sure. Yeah. There's not a Best Buy in the middle of Cambodia. That's right. There is no backup <laughs> there. You better bring it. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So we're, we're just getting all the extra stuff now. So Yeah. Man, are you going to get some good video footage of this yeah. trip? Yeah. Actually, uh, my partner John and I, we're both taking flip cams. Okay. So we're, we're constantly, be, both of us will be, you know, rolling all the time. Okay. Uh, unless we're at the home where we, we have to check them in. Right. Uh, so we can't take, you know, video at the homes of the girls. Right, sure. But outside of that, uh, we have free reign to, to do whatever we want with the video. So, yeah, we're going to be getting audio and a whole lot of video. Oh, that's great. Yeah, man. So, Aaron, bring us up to speed, will you? Oh, man. Uh, it has been a busy week. I had my... Uh, I had, You know Ken Chester? He's been a guest sure. on the show. And he has what he refers to as res dinners in North Carolina. He's talked to you about his res dinners, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we had our first res dinner last Monday night here in uh, the central coast of California, and it was amazing. It was three hours of cooking with some guys that I hang out with weekly and uh, four hours of eating mm. and just feasting. Yeah. So Man. we prefaced it with communion and inviting Jesus to be there. Then I headed off to L.A. for a pastor's conference, and I have to say the best part was taking my friends to uh, Fairfax Street in Los Angeles to Little Ethiopia and hanging out in Little Ethiopia uh, and feasting there. Wow. And having some coffee ceremonies and long, long meals, eating with our hands and good injera bread and watts. So not not eating injera bread in Watts. We were in Los Angeles, but what would be the stew oh, of the Ethiopian okay. people? Because you so lost me there. I, yeah, All yeah. of a sudden, I, I had I, you in. Uh, yeah, was, yeah. I, okay. Thank you for I, clarifying I, that. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I realized about mid sentence that might not be translating well. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, I I had a a really great time. I love being in Little Ethiopia. Love seeing little kids that just. Uh, remind me of being there and make me mm-hmm. want to jump on a plane and go back right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. That's very cool. 
All right. Well, it's going to be Ladies' Day here mm, on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Ladies' Day. Yes, yes, some, yes. Get some good music for that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right Can here in ba- studio, we have none other than Constance Rhodes. She is back. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, her entourage is outside, but yeah. she's there's room for her here <laughs> in the studio. Um, yeah, she was here like on episode 20 mm-hmm. or something. It was like about a year ago, a year and a half ago. She tore it up. About a year and a half ago, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but before we get to Constance, we're going we're gonna to place a phone call to Francie Brown in Knoxville to find out what she's been up to out there. Yeah. We'll do that in just a moment when we come back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Mondo, some Barry White, please. Francie? Yeah. Oh, hi, it's Nate. <laughs> it's Nate Larkin on the on the Pirate Monk podcast. I'm here with Mondo and Constance Rhodes in Nashville, and we've got Aaron on the horn from San Luis Obispo, California. Uh, I'm calling to find out about what went down in Knoxville last weekend. Tell us all the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've been sworn to secrecy, but I will say that um, we're all just really thankful and um, really thankful to your initial work, Nate. So I, um, before I say anything about what happened, I just would like to thank you for that, um, that initial work and also just speaking into my husband's life and um, that my husband. Um, anyway, my husband's just been such an encourager for me, and in his walk, he wouldn't have done the things that he does now if it hadn't been for you. So, I mean, our our relationship even has been an amazing walk and journey. So, all that wouldn't happen if we hadn't been on this path with you. So, thank you. Appreciate your work. Well, it's me. It's my privilege, and it's just been so great to get to know the Browns. Now, for those of you that don't know, Francie's husband is the Rob Brown, who has done this forty-eight hours tour. I, I don't think we introduced that earlier. So this is the uh, the first first lady of forty-eight hours. So she has she has sacrificed her husband many a weekend for the cause. Yeah, they are Samson Society's power couple. The Browns. So uh, you guys were doing simultaneous weekends last weekend. Rob was leading uh, a 48 Hours of Frankness in Denver, which, uh, of course, went swimmingly. They had a fabulous time out there. Meanwhile, you were with 21 women in Knoxville on kind of a pilot weekend. Tell us about it. Um, Well, I did not know what to expect. I went into it with fear and trepidation. Um, but with lots of hope. So we started with an invitation-only event where 
we um, felt like we wanted it to be a safe weekend for women to come and felt like invitation only would be the best way to go about that. God soon showed us that he was inviting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we had women that we did not know come to this event um, from three different states. So it was very exciting um, just to see God's work in that. Mm -hmm. And it was probably the most amazing weekend that I've ever spent. Truly. Really? Really? Um, Surrounded by um, women who were honest and willing to do the hard work in order to get to a new place of hope in their own journeys. Mm. So, um, it was, it really, it really was a special time of, of unveiling, um, our stories and a gift of, a gift to me and to the others to, to see other people's stories. There were many times when um, women were just shocked at the parallels. Mm. And I think for me, um, I got to see that, you know, I think if we were all honest and real more often and we really listened, I think we would see more parallels in our own normal daily walk. Isn't that true? Yeah. Yeah. And you called the weekend the unveiling. Uh, It was great. Um, I didn't get to see the t-shirts, but I heard about the (laughs) t-shirts. Yes, the t-shirts we have... um, the unveiling, and it's a fig leaf on the front mm. with um, a red cord going down the center of the, the fig leaf for oh. Rahab as she oh. hung the red cord of Jesus' blood for her mm. um, safety. And on the back, it says, Get Naked. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I really approve of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well done, Francie. And not an e- not an easy thing for women to do. And what you're telling me no, is that right. is that these women were able to get past uh, competition uh, and shame. They felt safe enough to really um, uh, tell the truth, to get naked. Um, that's a that's an amazing thing. And I and I can only now uh, you spearheaded this thing. You had done a smaller weekend a few months ago yeah. with a with mm-hmm. a core group of women, right? And that yeah. one and that yeah. one you followed the straight forty eight hours of frankness format. You used the guy's yeah. story, you did all the stuff that guys do on forty eight hours of frankness. Yep. And, we did. And then you got together and said, Okay, how do we uh customize this? What what changes need to be made? How does how does this more perfectly fit a woman's world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I jump in because I have a question? Yeah. <clears throat> hey, this is Constance Francie. I really wanted to be there with you last weekend. My husband was throwing me a surprise 40th birthday party. And so oh, between fine. travel and that being the only weekend that he could do that, he, he basically yeah. said that weekend was off limits. But I would have loved to have been there. But I'm just curious as a woman. So I'm curious how you went from 21 women showing up, you know, the, at the first whatever session, um, mm-hmm. probably really scared and nervous and having Mm -hmm. their guards up, how in the world did you guys break it down? How long did that take? 
Hmm. Um, that's a great question. We, um, obviously, I mean, we had women coming, uh, smoking like chimneys on the way there because they were so afraid. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we had women who were calling me, asking me qu- crazy questions about, you know, what, what will people wear and how will we, you know, what will we do and who will be there and I'm so scared. <laughs> and, um, I think there was, there was more prayer for this weekend than I've, I've ever prayed, <laughs> ever, <laughs> um, which is, is convicting on my part, but, um, I think, Prayer for sure, but also I had a a team of women where we started for the the pilot retreat um, in April. The core women and I had gone through it, and I think you kind of start with yourself. And so, as we were willing and able to go to that place, um, I think I think it broke down some of those walls. Also. Um, you start with surrender, and as you surrender and really realize that Jesus is ultimately in control of all of, all of what you deal with, all of your walk, your story, um, where you're at right now, that it becomes a little easier when you when you really put it all in His hands. So that's where we start, <clears throat> and there's also a an audio storyline that goes along with um, with the retreat. And that storyline is real and honest, and it gets a lot out there on the table where we're not afraid to talk about um, some real issues, issues like abortion, drinking, promiscuity, um, sex abuse, I mean, all of those things. So it's out there in the room hanging uh, that's before. fantastic yeah I, I see that the yeah. that the dynamic that works with guys also works with women mm-hmm. if some if somebody mm-hmm. will surrender mm-hmm. and be willing mm-hmm. to lead with weakness mm-hmm. then yeah. other people will follow because we really do want to go there mm-hmm. yeah 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 and one of the things I learned this weekend was that um, we we don't know how to be friends and a safe person, so um, there's no there's no class at school for that. And um, and that was the other the flip side to being real and honest is how do you listen? How do you love someone where they're at? How do you not try to fix someone? Mm-hmm. So those are you know there's there's both sides of the coin. So do you guys? After that, like I know a friend of mine had gone and I saw a note on her Facebook page just about how, you know, she made a lot of really close friends this weekend. Do you yeah. do you anticipate that these women are going to stay connected afterward? Was there something organized for that or might that happen just kind of organically? Do you know? Um, yes. <laughs> as, I, um, as I watched the women linger and not want to leave, Mm -hmm. I do think that those things will happen. Um, I do think it will happen organically, but um, there is, um, we don't have it up and running, but there's going to be a website that's um, a safe invitation-only place for these groups that have retreats where they'll have their own group and um, we'll be able to connect there. 
we plan to have um, rehab meetings here um, every every other week for women. So those that will, were here in Knoxville will be able to go to that and stay connected there. So there are lots of opportunities for that. Um, I do believe there's going to be two more retreats, one um, one in Minnesota and one in Nashville. So fantastic! And you're calling very the, exciting. You're calling the group what, Francie? Rahab and the Naked Nuns. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Well, wow, uh, such a cool thing! Such a cool thing! And uh, I'm so uh, grateful for your willingness to step out and lead with all that you do, all the responsibility you have, the kids at home, the homeschooling. Uh, you know, being the wife to Rob Brown, that's pretty much a full-time job. Um, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do love it, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what a sweet, what a sweet man you've married. And by the way, uh, I'll be with Rob Brown in Townsend, uh, Tennessee, this coming. Well, it's only a few weeks away. The weekend of the 18th of November. We're going to have a level two 48 hours uh, weekend. Uh, the theme is building your team, and mm-hmm. you're invited. We're inviting. Let me see. We have a limit of only 40 guys can come, and the only stipulation is that uh, no Lone Rangers uh, can register. You got to bring somebody with whom you are actually in relationship, mm-hmm. so that after the weekend uh, you'll be able to continue. You can find details on the main page at samsonsociety.net. Well, Francie, God bless you. Thank you so much for your work, and we're going to keep checking in with you and uh, Rahab and the Naked Nuns, the Unveiling Weekends. Uh, this is exciting, exciting news, something that we have prayed for. I've prayed for, I know a lot of guys have prayed for, for a long, long time. Well, thank you. Those, those prayers are being worked out in some some fashion. <laughs> All right, until next time, we'll see you, Francie. Thank you. Oh, a pirate's life is a wonderful life, a roving over the sea. Give me a career as a buccaneer, it's the life of a pirate for me. Oh, the life of a pirate for me. Welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast. It's Ladies' Day. You can get in <laughs> for didn't only say two ladies bucks. Night. That's good that you say Ladies' Night. <laughs> And ladies are free. Okay. Ladies are free. Uh, We have a letter pertaining to ladies. And so, Nate, why don't you uh, read us that email we got? Yeah, here's here's a note from the mailbag that came from one of our female listeners. And we've got quite a number of female listeners, I think. Uh, Laurie writes this. Here's a thought to ponder considering the effects of porn on wives. He has to work hard not to look at other women, but often he has to work hard to remember to look at me. Have you guys done a podcast on the effects of porn on wives? Well, you know, I don't know that we have done a specific podcast on that subject, but as long as we've got a wife uh, in the studio, somebody whose husband has given her permission to talk about his battle, and a woman who's brave enough and humble enough, honest enough to do it, 
Let me just toss this toward Constance Rhodes. Hey, Constance, thanks for being with us. Hey. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on the effects of porn on wives? And what would you say to another wife who's just finding out that um, she she may be the only real woman in her husband's life, but she's not been the only woman? Yeah. How's she going to deal with that? You know, when AJ came out to me, we'd been married five years, and I guess he'd been going to a men's group, and he thought the best thing to do was just sort of unload you know, mm-hmm. on me unexpectedly, um, which he actually about a week ago said he wished he, he had handled that differently. But either way, he let me know um, that this was a huge issue for him. The first thing for me was a lack of understanding of what that meant. Mm-hmm. Kind of like big deal. Okay, so you look at pictures. Doesn't that's not a big deal to mm-hmm. me? Um, but seeing in his face that it really meant a lot more apparently. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. And then there were things that he. Uh, said, you know, there are things I don't even want to tell you. I'm going to just, you don't need to know everything, but I wanted you to know that this has been a really big struggle. And then I started asking more specific questions. And and one of the things that was surprising to me was he said, I can look at any woman, no matter how old she is or what her body looks like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and And in my mind, I've seen so many images of different women that I can just sort of replace this part with a part I've seen and you know so you can literally be triggered Mm -hmm. by anyone in the grocery store you know women I think we think that it's only if a man sees a really gorgeous woman walking Mm -hmm. by with everything you know kind of sticking out there and and that wasn't the case and I was really um, uh, that kind of scared me because I thought well how in the world am I ever going to win this yeah you know yeah Um, so to the question of how that affects us as women um I think it's really hard for us then to know how we're supposed to be okay within that marriage and how how can we compete um, with all the images that are going on in his head. There's nothing I can do, really. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it wouldn't matter what I got done to my own body, you right. know, yeah, which yeah. he's never wanted me to do that anyway. But um, I do remember that in the early stages of him coming out about that and him being very intent on not continuing to think that way when we were, you know, together intimately, mm-hmm. he could not close his eyes because he said, I will just see so many images coming through my yeah. mind yeah. and he would have to force himself to really be engaged with yeah. me, vis- you know, looking yeah. into my eyes, which was awkward for me, actually. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, it was just amazing to see how significant that struggle was for him. Um, so, yeah. So, do you think that's what the uh, what what our emailer meant when she said it takes as much work as much work as it takes for him not to look at porn? It takes that much work for him to look at me. No, that, I think that that's probably something different. I mean, it, 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 okay. what I hear in that question as a woman is. I'm not feeling desired by my husband, mm-hmm. which my husband, that wasn't an issue for us. Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing in her question, and I could be wrong, but I'm hearing, I'm here, I'm waiting for you to know me, to desire me, to look at me, and I'm not um, I'm not seeing that. And even with AJ, I will say, and part of this is just because he has major attention deficit disorder, truly, mm-hmm. but it's, it's rare that he would look at me and compliment me, mm-hmm. like, oh, you look really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I got to the point where now, this is horrible, but as a defense mechanism, I, I kind of 
you know, if I do dress up a lot, I'm kind of going to, you know, swoop right by him. So there's not the chance for him to say it or not say it because I don't want to be disappointed. Uh, so I think more what I'm hearing in that question is just a desire that she has to be, um, for her husband to look at her and to want her and to view her and to say things like, you look beautiful to me, or to notice the things, what she's wearing or how she's doing her hair or these things that say, I see you. Yeah. And I think men need to know that, like my husband, he means so well, but he doesn't think to say those things a lot. And in my heart, I can easily find myself then, if someone else does that mm-hmm. <laughs> my way, um, I can easily find myself really, you know, straying in my heart toward where I will get that attention. And I think that's something that men need to be aware of is us women need to know that you see us and know us and think we're beautiful and yeah. and notice us. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. if you don't, then we're going to likely, if someone will, that's going to be, um, that's, a, a, that's a dangerous place to, to be. And you know, to me, that's one of the great dangers of porn is that it, 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 it tends to put a man in such a, um, a passive place. Yeah, right, because he's not engaging with another person. Right, yeah. Um, and, uh, and I know in my own porn use, um, I didn't linger long over any single image. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was always just scanning, mm-hmm. scanning. Mm-hmm. Well, always looking for something I couldn't find. Mm-hmm. Um, and God gave me a beautiful woman. Um, but I did not begin really to appreciate her beauty after I'd gotten blinded by porn. And you you stare into that fire long enough, mm-hmm. you lose your sight. You really mm-hmm. do. So I became blind to my wife's beauty. As I slowly began to recover my sight, um, I still had to learn to look at my wife. But I began to see, once again, how beautiful she is mm. and began to appreciate how um she she would light up with every compliment i would give her oh yeah yeah and uh it's um i i often have you know talks with young bridegrooms uh telling them that they, you know they're the biggest mirror in their wife's life mm. and it's crucially important when she steps out of the bathroom dressed and ready to go mm-hmm. she, she looks at you mm-hmm. and she's awaiting a verdict yes, she is. <laughs> and the verdict is not we're late let's get moving right uh the verdict is you look terrific mm-hmm. um we and, never and we never stop needing that and, but here's the thing like i think what happens is if we're not receiving that we can get hard and angry mm-hmm. and so then the guy feels like he can't win either way yeah and i think the important thing for us as women is to give our husbands the opportunity to convey that to us and for them to be aware of the fact that they are that mirror to us you know little yeah. girls their daddy is that mirror of their of their value and their beauty yeah and we never grow out of that yeah we always need it yeah from someone yeah yeah, and well, I need I, I need to say it too. I need to say it in order to see it. True. It's very right. important for me to say it. Aaron, C- can I take this to a practical and uh, and uncomfortable for our listeners place? Yes, yes. please do. Oh, oh, okay, great. That's Thank what you. we're about. Yeah. All right. So I was talking to a guy this week, um, and for a lot of guys, uh, the whole. 
a, a guy becomes hard in the way you just described, Constance, if there's too much rejection and or fear of rejection, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the area of physical slash sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think for a lot of wives, they don't know how much masturbation is a part of a guy's safe place where he can take care of himself and not fear being rejected by her. Right. And as I was talking to this guy, uh, we, we were talking about how much that actually takes power away from his being able to love his wife well, mm-hmm. and especially the power to ask her to meet that need. Mm-hmm. But that brings all kinds of vulnerabilities into it. Yeah. Um, and I think since we're having Ladies' Day, and hopefully there will be women listening to this, but there are also guys, I think there's a huge role in this whole conversation for both. One is for men to be able to say what they're hiding from in their nonverbal, because a lot of times, uh, I mean, we talk about porn as if it's just a thing because we're guys. It's not. It's that safe, intimate place where... There's no fear of rejection. Yeah. I'm in control. All that stuff. So there's got to be a place where women can have that conversation without fear that it's all about them. And we've talked about this before, where guys are often trying to have the conversation communicating, this isn't about you, honey. This isn't about you. Well, that's only half true. It is about their wife, and Mm -hmm. their wife has a right to feel it's about them. Mm -hmm. But it's not entirely about them the way they feel it's about them. There's a a lot more to it. So this whole conversation, so that in the end they can both say, I really need this from you, and I need to trust you with this, Mm -hmm. and can you honor me in this? And then to really follow through, because both parties suck at following through with this. And once you make yourself vulnerable and put any hope in this, that just opens up a huge can of worms. It does, and it's a long process. I would I would say one term that I've learned in the last year that has been really helpful to me is to consider, because uh, you're right that it, it is, and even in AJ's story, I can see how we've had conversations about him feeling uh, rejected by me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I totally get that. Another way, another word to use that I think women might relate to more, and it can diffuse some of that, because to say I'm afraid of being rejection sounds wimpy, <laughs> you know, mm. um, but to use the word lonely. I'm really lonely, mm-hmm. and I'm afraid that you're not here with me. And so I'm, I'm, you know, living this out in my loneliness. I don't want to be lonely. Are you lonely too? And getting down to that root of loneliness that both partners have, oh, instead good. of focusing on the rejection, because then that sounds like a flaw. Like yeah. I'm just afraid. Where what's really happening is you're lonely, and and you used a great word, Aaron. You said hope. You're afraid to hope for that loneliness to be met. So you're going to meet it on your own, which only causes more and more loneliness. But loneliness is the root of the problem in this case. In all of, in all of the life-controlling issues, loneliness is it. My opinion is. I don't know. We go back and forth wow. on loneliness and shame. But in my opinion, shame occurs after we're lonely because that's when we go, what did I do to get abandoned like this? So to me, loneliness is at the root. You and I have got to have some conversations. I know, because we've got to go speak about this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this is, uh, wow, what a great statement. 
I got it from my therapist. I can't take credit. (laughs) 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 We found it down there buried under everything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Speaking about us being together, now we've got some stuff coming up. up. Yeah, we're going to be at Bethel College in February, the the first oh Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of February. So I think it's the first through the third or something Uh like that. uh Um, Bethel College in Indiana, Mishawaka. You know, the thriving metropolis of Mishawaka, Indiana. Okay. Um, I think you can probably sneak into chapel if you want, so you can check that out. And then we're going to be um, at D- uh, Lipscomb University, still waiting to finalize those details, but it looks like March 15th and 16th. Okay. So that's here in Nashville. Cool. Again, usually you can, like, if you're listening and you want to sneak in, it's usually not a big deal. Cause right. Yeah. You can right, do it. Right, it's not right, a ticketed right. thing. It's free. And you right, can right. Yeah, they don't out. guard the doors at chapel. No. No, no. And you can see Nate on a, well, not the unicycle, but the tandem bike. You can see <laughs> Nate on a tandem bike with me if we can find Oh, uh, <laughs> I want to see Nate on a unicycle with yeah. you. That would be way well. <laughs> more interesting. <laughs> well, uh, what great insight. And as always, it's such a treat to have you with us, Constance. Mm-hmm. Um how are we doing on time? Oh, we got a little time. Oh, we got a little time. I, so we don't have to wrap up the conversation. Oh, yeah. We're going to restart it when we come back after this. Back in the Pirate Monk podcast. Now, it does feel like we haven't quite answered Laurie's question yet. Uh, actually, she raised an issue more than a question, I think. Have, have, have we considered the effects of porn on wives? Uh, where do you think we ought to take this, Aaron? Well, I, I think... See, that wasn't exactly what I was thinking. So now I got to rethink. I'm I'm now spinning my wheels. Here I go. I'm gonna I'm gonna spin it to Constance then. Okay. That's I. Here, here's my answer. Constance. <laughs> What's your answer? What do you think the answer to that question is? Well, first I would say that I think that there has been a lot of consideration about the effects of pornography on wives, but I think it's been private consideration and not collective conversation which I think is what Francie Brown was trying to do, was mm-hmm. have collective... I mean, I don't know what all she was doing yeah. there, but she gets the guy thing because her yeah. husband works with that. and So collective conversation about... I think there hasn't been enough of that for women to come together and be able to say, this is how it's impacted me, and for a woman to go, 
oh, you're not the only one. Yeah. I want the same thing. I think that's a conversation we do need to have. And maybe there needs to be a bunch of women in here uh-huh. um, one day talking about different aspects of that story. Do you think people, uh, do you think that women take on shame uh, because their husband has a porn problem? I don't know. I think there's a piece of that. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's so you get into such complicated issues. When I think about AJ coming out to me, um, I guess there was a part of me that was very that would have the shame piece of I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. Of course, I had an eating disorder at the time, so that didn't help all of that. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's also just a lot of anger. This is what I see most of the time. Yeah. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of well, damn him for doing that. I don't yeah. know if I can say that on this, you but certainly can. you know he shouldn't be doing that. There's a lot of judgment. But I will go back to the root again and say that it's loneliness because the woman is lonely. Mm-hmm. She needs to punish somebody for that loneliness. Yeah. She's punishing herself a lot of times. We punish our bodies, you know, mm-hmm. with the exercise or the food or the whatever. We punish our kids, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, we punish our husbands, most of all, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I think the punishment that we're doing is we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to make up for the pain we're feeling. Yeah. But we absolutely aren't considering because a lot of times it's maybe not possible that the the salve for the pain we're feeling mm-hmm. is in our marriage relationship. Yeah. And so instead, I've told you this before, we romance our disappointment. Mm. We romance it and we ruminate on it and we think about it and we get mad at him and we talk about him to our friends and all of this. And it builds this wall that's higher and higher and he feels more lonely. We feel more lonely. We feel justified Yeah. because he's the bad guy. He feels more shame because he's the bad guy. You know, right, and, right. and it just keeps breaking down until we get to the point where it's really easy to, to say, oh, this just isn't working out. Let's yeah. move on. Let's try another one. Another marriage. One of the greatest pieces of marriage advice we can give is that being right is the most overrated thing in marriage. Well, yeah, and we when we say we're right, again, we're so frequently looking at being right about this fact or that fact. Like, you should not be looking at pornography. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm lonely. Like, again, I want to go back there. I'm lonely. Like, like that starts a conversation. Mm-hmm. Saying you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that is only looking at the symptoms of a much deeper problem, and it's not making any of us healthier. But starting up the conversation by saying, hey, I'm, I'm really lonely. And I've done that with AJ. Like, you know, I would really get mad at him for something. My therapist will say, well, what were you feeling? I was feeling angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'd say, well, okay, what was under that? I was feeling scared that's another big one that we're afraid to say scared Mm -hmm. that he was you know not doing what he should be doing with our children okay and then what did you feel well i feel lonely in raising our kids in Mm -hmm. this one area you know and like you can keep getting down underneath um the the stuff because i think if we fight about the stuff on the surface we never get anywhere and then we elevate that stuff it almost becomes more attractive to us because it's the stuff you're not supposed to do or you're not supposed to have right 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 that is good. That when we talked about the martyr thing, what the five weeks ago or so, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, like I'm really hearing that. Mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once once you have a hook, I mean, once you know, oh, pornography is his issue. Now I've got the hook yes. for why I'm suffering in this way. Now this is great. Now I can go to my friends. Now I've got the story, and and it does go to the now. Now I'm right. I was never sure. I hoped I was right because I felt so crappy and was yeah. afraid I was the problem. Now I know I'm not the problem. And then I do it just think there's spins a compassion. Yeah, there's a compassion that we need to have for our men. 
because mm-hmm. it's not going to be safe for them. Okay, I can either have AJ struggle with this all by himself, and I can be mad at him and ignore the issue or, you know, infrequently bring it up just to pick on him, and that's only going to push him into hiding. Or I can say, you know, I totally get why you're doing that, and I don't like it. And what what can I do, what can we do to work through this better? And then he's safe with me, which I guess you guys keep saying the word mm-hmm. safe place. Yeah. Can I be a safe person for him? Unfortunately, I would say that a lot of wives are not safe for their husbands. Yeah. Yeah. Do, uh, do wives see this issue as being a different or bigger sin struggle than their typical sin struggles? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Why Absolutely. is that? Why, why is uh, control, fear, uh, those types of more typical things in their lives a lesser sin? Sex is just, sex is a deeper issue. It's, you know, and there are things within the sexual struggle that are illegal, too. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. there's, it, it gets pretty dark in there. And, uh, and Nate and I have had this conversation because I talk about eating issues a lot, which is also very shameful for women. But at least with that, there's not the fear of I'm doing something illegal, mm-hmm. which I know is not always the case with the pornography struggle, but it certainly can be. But no, I, I think that even if you look out in the culture, um, and I'm not going to get political in any way, but homosexuality is definitely something that's focused on a lot more than others of certain sins that are talked about in the Bible. There are just those hot button things mm-hmm. um, that we do focus on, and I do think that it is very easy to justify saying his pornography problem is worse than my control problem. Mm-hmm. It's just is. So, it just, that's just the way it is. <laughs> so should it can or should wives be doing anything with that thought, or is that just the way it's going to be? Well, no, I do think that we have we have to change the conversation about it. It's just a really hard one to change. I, I think that it requires, like what Nate and I do together, women and men talking about it together. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be that integration of the conversation, which is why when we go speak together, we do it, both of us, to a mixed gender audience. Because the men need to see a woman <laughs> um, understanding a man on stage, and, and same with the women see that, you know, yeah. and in order for that conversation to change. When the women just get together on their own, uh, you're missing a huge half of the story. And yeah. so I think that's what has maybe been missing a little bit is that joint conversation with women. Because, look, the, the the Pirate Monk podcast, this is what you guys talk about, and it's mostly men, right? Mm-hmm. Now you have mostly men listeners. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a show like this for women. I don't know. That gets into all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, well, you have a podcast, and it's mostly for women, Constance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 but. Sorry, but but she feels lonely. <laughs> yes, I'm very so, lonely. In it. <laughs> sorry, I was feeling rejected just then. That yeah, was my fault. It's okay. Thanks for being honest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, earlier we threw out a whole lot of stuff that couples. I mean, I'm I'm now picturing a woman or a man listening to this and thinking, wow, I'd sure like to begin this process with my spouse. And it all seems like a good idea. And in three hours, they will not have the first clue how to take step one. Or they'll take step one and it'll suck. So, Constance, tell them how to do it all in 20 seconds. You have to be prepared for things to suck. Yeah. Okay. Um takes a kid six tries of a food he doesn't like to like it. Mm-hmm. So maybe it'll take a few tries. Uh, 
But here's what I think is really effective. I think it's always more effective in this situation. So let's say that we're going to talk about loneliness, which is my hot button right now. Mm-hmm. Instead of um, instead of the conversation being the husband saying to the wife, even though this would be good, instead of him coming to the wife and saying, I feel really lonely right now. Because mm-hmm. then it's all about him. It's always about you. Why is it always? Okay. So what he could do instead is just say, hey, do you ever feel lonely? Like he asks her. Oh, nice. Well. A woman now. Now I will say this also. A lot of us are out of touch with our loneliness. That's why we're so busy with our iPads and our iPhones and our televisions and our books and our everything because it keeps the loneliness at bay. Mm-hmm. So sometimes she'll say, "No, I don't feel lonely." But if the next time that she's you know in a funk or you know chewing on him or something, he he says to her, "You know what? I don't think that this is about what you say. It's about." Are you are you lonely or are you scared? And if he starts to ask those questions, that's going to make her really wonder what the heck is going on. Now it may scare her, mm-hmm. and she may react negatively because you're you're all of a sudden turning into someone she doesn't recognize, mm-hmm. and she's got to what control <laughs> that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's why I say it may take five or six tries. But starting to ask those questions, and then along those same lines, once you're doing that with her, is when she you know wants to jump on you about the pornography or about what, what whatever it may be, working too much, you know. Um, if he can say, you know what, this sounds really weird and I feel really wimpy saying this, but I think, I think I'm lonely. I think mm-hmm. sometimes I do this because I'm really lonely. And she'll say, well, but I'm right here. Mm-hmm. And why don't you, you know, and he could say, well, because you know what, I haven't really been engaging with you on that emotional level and I want to. How can we, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Um, but, you know, but you do have to be prepared that us women, we have our guard up a lot. And we're going to um, beat you down till we know you're serious. Mm-hmm. And then we'll hopefully apologize and say, I'm sorry. I just was so un- <laughs> I was so caught off guard by you being so honest about your feelings, honey. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it, it is a process. But I think asking her how she feels and specifically using that word loneliness. Because mm-hmm. you can be in a room full of people and be completely lonely. Yeah. Wow, is there a child over there? Or is that a cat? Uh yeah, I've got a uh, a school downstairs that's about oh. to come into session. So I and my see. window's open. I Sorry. See. No, it's okay. It's like very ambient noise. Yeah, so yeah. I love it. Boy, <laughs> see that's the difference between a mother and a father, right there. It's just annoying to me. Well, oh, if it was in my house, it would be annoying to me. But. <laughs> All Did right. we answer? Do you think that we've given anything? I know you wanted to give practical stuff. I thought that was tremendously practical. Okay. What I a want great to deliver because I'm an approval junkie and I want to do my job well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I do like that suggestion that it's not like it's not jump in and try to just bang it out in a in a one shot, but just start having conversations that's engaging the other person's feelings as much as trying to disclose and dump your own as Mm -hmm. it sounds like aj has decided years later that possibly he would have done differently well and and even still i'm just going to say one more time because this is so practical even still i long for him this is a process for him i long for him sometimes when i'm acting like the b-word yeah. And I know that I am, and we women know that we are. Like I, a banana. And yeah. Exactly. Instead of him, you know, huffing out of the room or doing some passive thing, I long for him to come to me and, and like, say, I know this isn't about that. What are you feeling right I long for that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I long for it. Um, he doesn't do it. And a lot of times, 
because we don't have enough time together to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know he'd like to probably, but it's a, it's a, yeah. a learned process. But I long for that, and I know I thought in those moments a couple of times I thought if he would do that, I would feel so loved, mm-hmm. and I would feel so much less lonely if mm-hmm. he would do that here and there. Mm-hmm. So not that you have to be Superman, but yeah, you can try. <laughs> so so you you. So, <laughs> you want a man who, who can take a beating and keep on ticking. I like it. Right. What, I, what I really want is not for him to let me get away with the beating. Yeah. And that's what yeah. happens when the man goes into the other room, slams the door, whatever. I, I've been able to act like a complete jerk, uh-huh. and and I've... I don't want to. Like, yeah. I want him yeah. to stand up because it's yeah. not taking a beating. It's standing up to my beating and, but saying, I know this isn't about what I just did. What is, what's going on inside of you? Yeah, yeah. And then he's yeah. really taking control because I don't really want control. Women don't want control. We will just rise up and fill the void if it's not there. And if I really want him to lead me, I don't want to be the one leading yeah. and I'm and I'm lonely when I see what I'm saying loneliness is here I'm lonely when I have to be the one to lead that conversation every freaking time <laughs> yeah I want him to lead that conversation once in a while he's terrified to but I want him to right and if maybe if he could really really know that he would he would try it more often and he does he's a really great guy I'm oh, very blessed with yeah, who, yeah. what I have so I know this is not easy stuff yeah, yeah. and it's so not guys, easy for a guy when she's got the knives out yeah, you know, it's it they're seems just safe. protective. It though. seems safer to go in the other room than to walk in your direction. I know. Yeah, but then we're lonely. Just remember that. Yeah, when she's got the knives out, she's reacting. She's lonely and she's scared. Yeah, yeah. is this the best time for me to leave her alone? If that's what she's feeling. Yeah, yeah, that's a what a valuable insight. All right, well, uh, I think we have delivered today. Uh, this is a this is a well, this is a keeper right here. And Constance, I am so indebted to you for your uh, your willingness to just step out there and uh, say stuff that people may think, but often will not put into words, not actually mm-hmm. vocalize. You said some very courageous and very helpful things today, and I can't thank you enough. Oh, you're welcome. And by the way, you look gorgeous today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hat. There you go. All right. Well, we'll be back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Let's stay together. Loving you weather, weather. Times are good, bad, happy or sad. Well, it has been a good morning on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Hey, we do feel lonely when we don't get messages from you. So shoot us a question or a topic for the mini meeting at samsonpodcast at gmail.com. That's right, right? That's it. That's it. 
that's it. Samsonpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to uh, be talking about what you're thinking about. And also, Nate, how do people find out more about what Constance is up to, her podcast, your uh, Sex and Skinny tour, all that stuff? Yeah, well, they can, uh, they can friend the Sex and Skinny tour yeah. on Facebook. And I to follow Constance, why don't we send them to ConstanceRoads.com? Yeah, you'll find a lot of because I do so many different things. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, now, how do you spell yeah, roads? Because there's, there's a lot of different ways. You know, you have to help the people. Constance, C-O-N-S-T-A-N-C-E. Roads, R-H-O-D-E-S. So the right way. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. Until next week, it's Nate, it's Mondo, it's Aaron, and it's our special guest, Constance Sand. Goodbye from the Pirate Monk Podcast. Yo-ho. Yo-ho.